The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Check, check. How we doing, ladies and gentlemen? It is episode Brad Marshall, 63, season three of the Daily Intermission Podcast. I'm riding solo today. As we know, Justin, he's down in New York at St. Lawrence University. He's grinding through finals. He's got projects. He's got uh, different presentations to take on. So it's just me in studio today. And we just got a brief episode because there are some sports to talk about. I thought about pushing it to Monday, but I was like, you know what? Let's get one out there. Let's go over some of the uh, the content that's been uh, unfolding here in the sports world. Uh, but in the pregame show, ladies and gentlemen, I've got a story to tell. And my uncle reminded me, I was on the phone with my uncle this week. Um, and he reminded me to tell this story and I had forgotten about this story. So back in, I think it was 2015 in 2015, I got to go to Cabot and Cabot, the Cabot links and Cabot cliffs are renowned golf courses. They're top 10 golf courses on the planet, if I'm not mistaken. And they're in Nova Scotia. So, uh, we had an opportunity to go up and play at Cabot Links. Cabot Cliffs had not been uh, designed yet and, and and made, but Cabot Links was the first to open, and we went up in 2015. Uh, it was beautiful. I mean, it was just brand new infrastructure uh, with the hotels and the pro. It was just all brand new, and the golf course is amazing. You should look it up, Cabot Links and Cabot Cliffs. But anyway, we roll into to Cabot Links, and we roll up to our hotel room, and somebody had dropped a dart, on this mulch outside of the hotel room and there was this little fire getting going and, and I'm we're looking at this thing going we're kind of panicking a little bit we're looking around and we're like what the heck's going on here and uh there was a fire extinguisher which probably didn't need to be taken out but I went over to the fire extinguisher and I punched the glass out and got the extinguisher out I think we put it out if I'm not mistaken like with our feed and just kind of got it taken care of we notified uh the pro shop and the people that needed to be notified that there was a little you know mulch fire going on outside of the hotel rooms but it was absolutely wild so I mean I think you could credit me for saving the Cabot Links establishment and it being up and running. I mean, I I don't know if, if well, I'm sure that, uh, you know, we'll have to notify down the road and get some free uh, green fees up at the Cabots. But no, it was it was a it was an amazing experience to go up to the Cabots when they first opened. Obviously, the, the course has matured now. It's such an amazing place to go play golf uh, for the for those golfers listening who need a golf trip. I highly recommend Cape Breton being in a, a destination for you to go check out. There's the Cabots, and then there's a Stanley Thompson, the designer who designed Jasper Park Lodge and Banff. Uh, he designed Highland Links uh, in Cape Breton as well. There's Bell Bay, uh, the Lakes. I mean, there's a bunch of great golf courses in Cape Breton and Nova Scotia. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm credited with saving Cabot uh, before it really even you know began, before it even got the notoriety that it has uh, around the, the golf world. So, you guys can thank me later. But uh, that was a story that my uncle reminded me of that I should tell i'm not i'm not uh you know giving the full details because i i should have asked him you know what kind of transpired how we put the fire out but i i i, I guess another part of the story is we were walking back to the room 
and under the glass pane that I'd smashed, uh, to, it was like a pla- like a plexiglass uh, protecting the, uh, I shouldn't say glass because I didn't punch through glass, uh, but I do think it, it, it did open up. I had an open wound in my hand. I mean, just just pure toughness. But uh, I was, uh, I, we read underneath, like pulled this lever to, to get access to the, so I, it was a completely unnecessary punch to, to get the uh, fire extinguisher. But anyway, nevertheless, funny way to, uh, to get the thing, to get the uh, episode going. So we had to loop back, and I think you all remember this from the summer. I guess it would have been just about a year ago when these Ohio fishermen, there was this massive fishing competition going on in Ohio. And these two clowns, they won, and it was for like a decent cash purse. I think it was $10,000. And they were stuffing weights, metal weights in their fish. Obviously, once you win the fishing competition or once you come in off the boat, with fish they they count they they calculate the winners by the weight of the fish that you caught well they were stuffing their fish with weight well these guys are heading directly to jail they're gonna face prison time for this act which i mean i'm not gonna you know weigh in i don't know the you know what they'll be charged with but yeah these guys are gonna be facing some jail time and uh you know obviously what a story that was when these grease balls were rolling in off their boats stuffing their fish full of of metal, but uh, but yeah, it's an interesting story if you want to read up about it. The Ohio fisherman who won the ten grand will be finding themselves behind bars. Uh, and Henry Henry Ruggs, this is another one here, just con- kind of continuing on in the pregame show. Henry Ruggs, obviously remember Henry Ruggs, a high draft pick. I think it was fifth overall. He went to the Vegas Raiders. Just a huge, huge prospect, uh, a wide receiver. And we know last year he was driving his Lamborghini going 156 miles an hour and ran into a poor girl in her Toyota RAV4, killed her and her dog. Well, Henry Ruggs is facing three to 10 years. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself when I was reading this headline, three to 10 years for killing someone? Like that seems a little low, don't you think? Anyway, he'll have a hearing on uh, on August 9th to to uh, find out his full sentence. But three to ten years, he took a plea deal, I guess, uh, reduced uh, his charges from five charges to one charge. So Henry Ruggs III, receiver, is going to be behind bars. But I thought, you know, it probably should be a little bit harsh because he was drinking as well. I didn't mention that. Not only going 156 miles an hour in his Lamborghini down the highway, he was drunk and killed a woman and her dog. So, I mean, I thought thought that maybe three to ten years is a little on the light side but anyway it uh that uh, that will continue to unfold and we'll learn more about that on on august 9th uh but we've got a lot to get into obviously the nhl and nba playoffs have been humming along we've got some people punching their tickets into the third round into the conference finals we just have a briefing in the mlb obviously the content is just slowly pouring out we're just in the beginning of the season we're kind of slowly getting uh to that uh first quarter uh point in the mlb season uh, and then, uh, and then the PGA Tour, obviously, with the Byron Nelson going on this week, we'll talk about our picks, how they're doing. Uh, but yeah, we'll get into it here, folks. And we're going to start off in the NHL. And this week was a big week in the NHL with the with the lottery, with the with the NHL lottery. Uh, and we know with Connor Bedard being the number one pick this year, we know the hype around Connor Bedard, the being the first player to ever have underage status in the WHL, the records he broke, having seventy goals, and just putting on a you know a complete dominant performance at the World Juniors and the records that he broke there. I mean, this guy, all signs point to him being a generational talent, a Sidney Crosby, Connor 
Connor McDavid-esque type player, which, you know, is is, is high praise, you know, for a guy that has not stepped foot into the NHL. Uh, but obviously that, that puts a lot of hype around the NHL draft. Which team is going to get access to this player? Well, we watched the draft and, and uh, Chicago, the, the Chicago Blackhawks end up winning the draft. They had the third best odds to get the number one overall pick. And a lot of skepticism around the NHL. Was the draft rigged? You know, is you know we talked about it last episode, Justin and I, and I pegged Chicago Blackhawks as the team to get him. We thought that the NHL would want uh, the first overall pick to go to, a, a, you know, an original six market, a big hockey market. I mean, overnight, the Chicago Blackhawks sold $2 million in ticket sales. Just absolutely obnoxious. Uh, the amount of revenue that they will make in the Windy City. They had the third lowest attendance last year, and I guarantee they'll be right back up in the top five next year with Connor Bedard there. Chicago Blackhawks, they've got a lot to, to do this offseason, though, because they do not have any players to play with Connor Bedard right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was interesting. I mean, watching the drive laugh, uh, the, dra- the draft lottery live, uh, the blue jet, there was a bit of a mishap. They announced the blue jackets pick or they, they didn't, they, they went Montreal five. So Montreal will have the fifth overall pick. San Jose will have the fourth overall pick. And then they kind of flipped to a commercial break. And then, in, you know, as they were, as they were, uh, transitioning into the commercial break, they were like, uh, and the two teams remaining Chicago and Anaheim. And it was like, well, Clearly, Chicago has, or Columbus has three, so there was kind of a mishap there. Um, but every every draft every draft position went as accordingly to the odds until the top three. When Columbus got three, Anaheim two, and Chicago one, I'm I I don't know if the NHL would rig the draft, and I I have a hard time thinking that anything in professional sports would be rigged. Uh, but something is a little fishy here. I'm I'm not going to get into it, but obviously there's some big prospects outside of Connor Bedard. Um, it looks like Adam Fantilli, the Hobie Baker winner out of Michigan, will go to Anaheim and then Columbus. I, I don't think the, the number three pick is really in stone. There's the Leo Carlson kid, the Swedish kid. Uh, there's the Matt K. Michkov from, from uh, Russia. He's signed on a contract in the KHL until 2026, so he won't be making his NHL debut until age 21, but still, that's a you know gives a few more years of him. He's a heck of a prospect. So um, it's going to be fun, but Chicago ends up grabbing Connor Bedard, the number one overall pick, the generational labeled talent. Uh, it's going to be exciting to see the offseason in Chicago, what they're going to do to bring in some talent to play with Connor Bedard. Uh, just continuing before we get into the series breakdowns, the Ottawa Senators. So obviously we know they're for sale, and there's been some serious names getting the, get in the mix to to buy the Ottawa Senators. The Remington group with Ryan Reynolds probably being the, you know, most highlighted, most, you know, media talked about uh, duo that was going to get in on this bid, but they're out. It was announced yesterday that Ryan Reynolds and the Remington Group are out on the bid for the Ottawa Senators. So I dug a little bit deeper into this, and it sounds like that they wanted exclusivity in regard to the rink details, where the rink would be, and the bank declined that exclusivity. Um, And so they said, you know what, we're out, Uh, which is unfortunate. I think this is a really big missed opportunity for the NHL. Um, Ryan Reynolds is a global ambassador. He is a mega famous name. And I mean, he wouldn't have owned, I, you know, I, I was listening to some people speculate maybe around 5% of the team, you know, fork over. It's speculated to be around a million, a billion dollar purchase. I apologize. He would own around 5% of that, you know, forking up 50 million. 
Uh, but you still have some other big names. I mean, we know Snoop Dogg uh, is in the mix now with uh, with Nico Sparks Group. And then it sounds like The weekend is sneaking into a bid. So it's a bit of a gong show right now. But May 24th, the bids will close. Uh, we'll see if Ryan Reynolds will uh, maybe tie into another group. Uh, but I do think that that is a big miss because I think that uh, he would be a global ambassador and, and just be huge for the team. Uh, they were going to do a TV series with the Ottawa Senators. It, it, it just... It, 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 to me, it's unfortunate, uh, but it is announced that the Remington Group and Ryan Reynolds are out on the bid for the Ottawa Senators. All right, let's get into the series, folks, because we do have a team that has punched their ticket onto the next round. It is the Carolina Hurricanes, who I apologize to. I haven't given them the benefit of the doubt, and I just at face value, I think it's just been an overreaction on my part with the injuries to Taro Taravainen and Shvechnikov and, and Pacioretty. I just thought, okay, well, they're just not as deep up front, but they've been fantastic. I mean, we look at their lineup, and you've got guys like Jordan Mark, uh, Martin stepping up, Stefan Nosen stepping up. You've got this youngster and Jack Jury who's played football He's played well in the third line. Um, but they they just, you know, they've been getting it done with the Wiley veterans of Paul Statsny and, and Derek Stepan and, um, you know, Jesper Fast with a big goal in overtime to push them over the hump last night. So, I mean, it was kind of a, it was kind of a boring series. I mean, the wins were a bit of, a, were blowouts until that overtime game in, in, in game five, but... Uh, the Hurricanes went 4-1 in Game 5, and, and the Devils, I think the Devils, I mean, we all understand how young they are and, and, and the prospects that they have on that team. They're going to be a very strong team in that Metropolitan for the next five years. Uh, but the Carolina Hurricanes, they have been relentless. Uh, their decor is phenomenal. Brent Burns is a guy who's just been phenomenal during that series, during the playoff run, and you know, in, in general. Uh, but the Carolina Hurricanes, they deserve a lot more credit, and they are off to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they're no out. I mean, they play well at home. Uh, Rob Brendamore, we talk about it all the time, gets that group going. They play just that hungry style, game in, game out, and, you know, we, we look at it and just holistically in the NHL and, and you know, we I think we put too much you know, onus on, on the regular season and, and you know, we, we do talk about how much the game changes, but I think that really evens the playing field. You just have to get in. You know, we look at the Los Angeles Kings teams of the past and, you know, the best team year and year again, they just don't do well in the playoffs. It's due to the fact that it changes so much and going through adversity during the regular season is very important. Um, and it really does like you need a unit that is going to war night in, night out. And we're, you know, we're seeing it with the Seattle Kraken and we'll get into that series, but you know, nobody had these guys, you know, doing, making any noise. Nobody had these guys beating the Colorado Avalanche. Nobody had these guys even coming close to competing with the Dallas stars. They don't have any superstars. I mean, Jared McCann is their best goal scorer. You got Jordan Eberle. You just have a bunch of, you know, misfits. Who were, who were just let go in, in, in the expansion lottery, and they've come together, and they're a tight-knit group, and they bring it. They work their bags off night in, night out, and they play the playoff hockey. They're just willing to go to war. They're winning battles. They're getting pucks deep. They're playing... Uh, you know, in front of themselves. And, and it's it, it really is a testament to how much the hockey changes in the NHL and how much you just need to get in. Just punch a ticket. Get into the dance, and we'll see what happens. A seven-game series, a lot can happen. Uh, and as we saw with the Avalanche and the Bruins exiting in the in their first round, it's and the Rangers will put in that uh, that category as well. It's not always the teams who are unreal on paper that get through. Moving into the second series in the Eastern Conference, the Toronto Maple Leafs finally win a game. They go on the road and they get a 2-1 win, a gritty win in Florida. They played well defensively in front of Joseph Wall, who played well as well. And they got a little action from their top four. Willie Nielander on the board, Mitch Marner on the board. They're saying all the right things. 
I couldn't be more excited for tonight. Tonight's a pivotal game. If they can get this one at home tonight, then, you know, you got to think that Florida is gripping their sticks a little tighter. We talk about adversity. I mean, the, the Florida Panthers had won six straight games, right? They weren't even, they weren't used to to, 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 to losing. And, uh, you know, obviously riding very high with the confidence, winning three straight against the Bruins uh, to win that series and then heading against Toronto and winning the first three games of that series. But then taking a loss, you know, it's a punch to the stomach. I expect them to play very well tonight in Toronto. But can Toronto respond and can can they be the fifth team in history to uh, to win? Um, you know um, a uh, a reverse sweep four games in a row to come back from a three zero deficit. We'll see. Uh, I, I am expecting Austin Matthews to have a game. He's one guy I might score. I might sprinkle on a anytime goal prop. I do expect Austin Matthews to to get in the mix and and really make some noise this uh, this this series. And, and Matthew Kachuk's been quiet the last two games. I think he took a block shot off the hand, and I'm not going to speculate injury, but he hasn't, you know, had the same impact that we've seen him have uh, during the Bruins series and during the first couple games in Toronto. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but they're heading back, and uh, Toronto fans are excited. I mean, obviously, there's a glimpse of hope. So it's a big win for Toronto. It's 3-1. They'll go tonight in Game 5. Dallas wins a pivotal Game 5 against Seattle. Uh, they're up 3-2 in the series. They won 5-2. Um, Ruba Hintz, this guy's been phenomenal. He's got eight goals in the postseason. He has just been a rock star uh, for the Dallas Stars. you got Joel Pavelski playing phenomenally. He's got seven goals, six goals in the, in the second round already. Dallas is buzzing. Jake Ottinger responded from that Game 3 loss, and he played back-to-back big games. And they're heading to Seattle with a chance to close it out. So that's going to be a loud crowd in Seattle. Uh, but we all expected Dallas to win this series, but Seattle has been phenomenal. I talked about the culture and the team toughness that they're showing, and you know this is a big win for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, they've turned a lot of heads this season. They've got a lot of draft capital. They can make a lot of moves to strengthen that team, but they've got a solid base. That group knows how to play tough hockey, and and uh, they've got a good thing going in, in Seattle. And I hear a lot of people in the media talking about how they're disappointed about Seattle and how they're disappointed about Vegas and how the expansions have been unfair. And it's like, you gave up one player, every team, and you know, the, these teams, like we all, well, I thought Seattle was going to be a dumpster fire this season. And, and they, you know, it's, I think it's just a testament to, to Ron Francis and, and, and Hextall behind the bench. And I, I don't think there's anything to be upset about in terms of the expansion lottery, um, you know, rubric. I think they've just, you know, they, they've, they've just proven that, you know, a group of guys can, you know, can really come together and, and play the right style of hockey and, and make some noise in the playoffs. And I've got no issues with the expansion drafts and, and teams being competitive right off the get-go. Like, I, I like it. You know, I, I would I think that's better for the league and better for the new franchise if those teams get uh, when they get expanded to to be competitive off the get go. Like I don't want to see an Atlanta Thrashers team get expanded to and just be trashed their entirety and then have to get moved again. I like it. Moving into the other expansion team, the Edmonton Oilers obviously tied uh the series against uh the the Vegas Golden Knights and this this game got greasy. This series was absolutely greasy. Um, the Edmonton Oilers win 4-1, but uh, there's going to be two suspensions. Darnell Nurse jumped Nick Haig, and, and, and they had a good tilt. Uh, but due to the instigator penalty and uh, the fine, he got a one-game automatic suspension I don't agree with. Apparently, Hag told him at the face-off, are we going? And then the, the Alexander Petrangelo uh, the the play was fucking greasy. I mean, that is just not even close to a hockey play. He lumberjacked. 
Leon Dreisaitl across the wrist. That's a complete intent to injure play. And I don't even agree with the one game. Like, I think that that is more than one game. I think, I think that's two games. Like, that is a greasy play. That can't be, that can't happen in hockey. I always think that when I see like a greasy, malicious cross check or a greasy, malicious slash, those are the greasiest plays because you have a weapon in your hand and, uh, you know, it's, it's just a brutal play. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be interesting in game five, which goes tonight. We'll have the, the two teams will be without two of their top defensemen. Personally, I think that the Vegas Golden Knights will be worse off without Petrangelo than Edmonton will be without Darnell Nurse. But Game 5 is going to be pivotal. It's going to be massive. I expect that some of that uh, rough and tough stuff that we saw at the end of Game 4 to, to, to uh, sprinkle over into Game 5. But two massive Game 5s tonight in the NHL with uh, the Edmonton Oilers uh, taking on uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights in Vegas and uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs heading home to try to get back really back into that series against uh, the uh, Florida Panthers. But let's move into the NBA, ladies and gentlemen. The Miami Heat and New York Knicks. That series got off to a 3-1 start with Miami leading. Uh, but the big three in New York said, hold on a minute. In Game 5, Jalen Brunson at 38, Julius Randle 24, and R.J. Barrett 26. They held Jimmy Butler to 19 points. So I think that's kind of the, that's the that's the that's the methodology that's the uh, blueprint for the New York Knicks if they want to continue on this series. You need a lot of production from Jalen Brunson. You need a solid game from R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle, and you've really got to hope Jimmy Butler's not feeling it uh, because we we've seen Jimmy Butler put that team on his back and put up massive games and uh, and really will that Heat team to win. Uh, but that's going to be, you know, if, if, if they want to force seven, they're heading back to Miami. They need big, they need big games. Like I said, out of Brunson, Randall and Barrett, and they need Butler to kind of cool off a little bit. So that's going to be an exciting game three, but New York back in the series three, two heading back to Miami and Boston, Philadelphia. Can I get two words? Ladies and gentlemen, the best two words in sports game seven. In Game 5, we talked about it last episode, Justin and I on the podcast. The Philadelphia 76ers, they needed more to Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris, and they got that in Game 5. Tyrese Maxey had 30 points. Tobias Harris had 16, both the highest point marks, point totals they've had in that series. They get a big win in Boston. It goes back to Philly. Jason Tatum has a great fourth quarter. Boston wins in Philly. They go back to Boston, Game 7. And it's big because our season or our series predictions with Justin and I, Justin has the 76ers in seven and I have the Boston Celtics in seven. So that's going to be exciting. But we've got game seven in, in the uh, Celtics and 76ers series. And we're excited about it. Denver, the first NBA team to punch their ticket into the third round. They absolutely dismantled the Phoenix Suns in game five and six. Booker. 12 points in game six. Nikola Jokic went bananas in these two games. Two triple doubles in both games. Five and six. 125 to 100 in game six to punch the ticket. So Denver, obviously, they're feeling themselves. And I think that they're the team to beat. Um, I do think that it is a formality at this point. They're heading to the finals. Uh, and I do think that they're going to take care of the winner of the Los Angeles Golden State Warriors series. And Golden State, obviously, we saw had a big win at home to uh, force game six. Game six will go tonight in Los Angeles. But we've got to talk about Anthony Davis. So Anthony Davis takes an elbow to the head. Obviously, you know, did it hurt him? You know, it might have hurt. It might sting. Do I think it was like a, you know, reason to, you know, leave the court and be injured for the rest of the game? No. He got put in a wheelchair. 
Anthony Davis is wheeling around on the sideline in a wheelchair after kicking an elbow to the face. Like, it is unbelievable with this guy how much of a bandit, how much of a princess he is. He's going to go tonight in game six, which is the funny part about it. If you guys didn't see the clip of Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal online, it is absolutely hilarious. Those two were completely making fun of Anthony Davis. Stephen A. Smith apologized. I mean, I don't I don't know why you could apologize. I mean, this guy, the antics of this guy, you know, just time and time again with the injuries and him nursing these just these little glimpses of rolled ankles and, you know, hurt knees and an elbow to the face, which... I don't even know if you would have to be a professional athlete athlete to shake that off. Nevertheless, Game 6 goes in Los Angeles tonight. Uh, Golden State, Lakers, and the winner of that series, will they'll be taking on a Denver team who's going to get some rest and, and a team that's just looking poised to go to a, to a, their first finals. Uh, in, 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 I mean, I don't know the last time the Nuggets were in the finals. I probably should have looked that up. But nevertheless... Exciting time in the NBA. The Nuggets, the only team uh, that have punched their ticket. We've got uh, Game 6 with Miami and New York tonight as well. And then Game 7 will be in a couple days, I think on Saturday night with Boston and Philly. So that'll be a must watch. But let's move into the MLB. I've got Quarter 3 and Quarter 4 here. There are going to be just briefings uh, in the MLB and and, uh, PGA Tour. But in Quarter 3 here, we've got to talk about the Rays. They're at 30 wins already. They're just absolutely dominant. I mean, they rinsed the Yankees last night 8-2. And I'm reading that Tyler Glasnow is back pitching. So they might have some reinforcements coming to uh, to their pitching uh, their pitching staff. Um, Shane McClanahan is the first pitcher in the MLB with seven wins. They've just got three guys who are just horses in that uh, rotation. So they've been fantastic to raise, and, and they, uh, they're not looking back. 30-9. and nine. Uh, just some exciting news for the Boston Red Sox closer, Kenley Jansen. He's the seventh pitcher in the history of the MLB to have 400 saves. A nice piece from their dressing room with Justin Turner, obviously a veteran third baseman who came over from Los Angeles. You know, just kind of providing him a nice uh, a nice celebration for that milestone. So congrats to Kenley Jansen, 400 saves, the seventh all-time in the MLB. Is it panic time in New York? We all know Steve Cohen, he spent over $500 million this offseason just throwing change at everyone, at Verlander, Brandon Nimmo. They brought in uh, um, Sanga from Japan, and they're 18 and 20. They've lost five straight series. Is it time for New York Knicks or New York Mets fans to panic? I don't think yet. I think it's still a little early, but these guys really got to start to turn it around here soon. I mean, they've got Scherzer on the mend of coming back. Uh, obviously, he was suspended and then got a little banged up, but I think they're in, they're in an okay spot. I mean, Edwin Diaz, their closer being out for the season hurts, but I think that they've got enough talent in that room to really turn it around. They sit fourth out of five teams in the, in the NL East right now, so we'll see what happens with the Mets. But with all that offseason spending from Steve Cohen, $500 million, you expect them to be performing a little bit better than 18 and 20. Uh, a robotic umps coming uh, to, uh, to MLB baseball. Well, they have reached the AAA level. Do we expect them soon? I don't expect that this season we'll see them, but I expect next season the MLB and spring training will start to roll out the, uh, the robotic umps. And what will that feel like? Well, it's going to feel real different. Think about the changes that the MLB is, you know, has implemented with the pitch clock, and uh, you know the the defensive strategy of no shifts, and now potentially automated umps. It's, I mean, the MLB. Uh, you don't want to talk about a professional sport that's just changing just dramatically. 
in front of our eyes. The, the MLB is leading the way, so we'll see what happens. Uh, just over the weekend, some series to watch. We've got the Rays and Yankees. Uh, they'll go, and, and obviously that's a huge series for the AL East. Um, the Yankees looking to climb out of the basement at 21-18 and 18 in the basement. <laughs> just crazy. Uh, every team in the AL East would be ahead of the AL Central. Uh, and the Blue Jays and Braves. Uh, we know Alex Anthopoulos, the engineer of the Blue Jays from 2014 to 2016-17, and then obviously Anthopoulos signed with the Atlanta Braves, won a World Series, has done great jobs there. So nice little tie there. The Braves will be in Toronto this week, and so those are a couple of series to check in on too. Check in on if uh, if you're not watching some uh, NHL and, and NBA and, and uh, PGA Tour, which we'll get into in quarter four here. Just briefly, it's the Byron Nelson week on the PGA Tour. And it's just so obnoxious with Scotty Scheffler. Obviously, he's the headline player uh, in the tournament. You've got Jason Day. You've got Adam Scott. You've got different kind of tier two superstars in this tournament. But plus 350, we were doing our best bets, Justin, uh, the Archer, and I uh, on Wednesday uh, night, giving out our best bets. And, you know, we talked about, I know Justin kind of wanted to include Scotty Scheffler in the field. He's clearly the best player, uh, especially with Jordan Spieth dropping out with a wrist injury. Uh, But at plus 350, you just you can't bet that it's not good enough odds for an outright win. But here we go. He's through seven holes on day two. He's one off the lead at minus ten. Ryan Palmer's right there at uh, at minus ten as well. He likes he he likes this course. Uh, so you've got some of the big dogs kind of rising to the top here. Uh, and this uh, SY no, he broke his driver. He shut sixty on Thursday. He's minus eleven right now. He hasn't teed off on Friday. Um, but obviously next week's the big one. We've got the PGA Championship in New York at Oakmont, I do believe. So that's going to be exciting there. We'll give out best bets. We'll give out um, you know, everything you need to know uh, for the PGA Championship next week. So obviously, that's the last monologue for a long time, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy your weekends. We're going to have Justin back in studio, or I guess should be he'll be back on the podcast on Monday. We've got new content rolling out. Uh, but folks, enjoy your weekends, and uh, let's uh, let's get in the mix on the chalkboard app. Take care, folks.